Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode three of season two of What's Next Conversations with Boomers. I'm Barb Demaray, and I'm here with my producer and sound engineer, Mela, along with today's guest. I am thrilled that you've decided to tune in. Once we get into our 60s, the majority of us have lost our parents, and it's very likely that prior to their death, many, many of us have the responsibility of their care. Those of us who still have our parents, I'm going to guess that almost all are caring for them at some level, sometimes alone and sometimes with the help of siblings. My dad died in 2002 and my mom, thank goodness, with some help that she had hired, was able to care for him for the two years he was not well prior to his death. It was lucky for us because we all lived in other cities. As my mom's health started to decline, it was clear she needed to be in an independent living situation and ideally where we were living. It was no longer practical for her to be living on her own. That meant a move from the home she had known virtually her whole adult life to the city where, ironically, she grew up, which happened to be where I and one of my sisters was living. We moved her into a beautiful retirement home less than 10 minutes away from me, which made it convenient for me to be there. For the year prior to her death in 2012, her health rapidly declined and caring for her became both physically and emotionally difficult. She had dementia and debilitating scoliosis, which was exacerbated by congestive heart failure. Although I was profoundly grateful that she was here and not in Prince George, I found it stressful and at times exhausting. When we think of what's next when talking about our retirement, the reality is that often it involves caring for an aging parent. My guest today is my good friend, Jennifer Zibben, who has been caring for her mother for several years. She agreed to come on and talk about what it's like for her caring for an aging parent. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks, Barb. So glad. Thanks for coming on again. So those of you who listen regularly have met Jennifer before. She was on with her husband, Serge, talking about a much more fun topic, all the fun things they do in retirement. So I'm so appreciative of you agreeing to come on again. My pleasure. So how old is your mom and when did you start having to attend to her care? Can you tell us the story, how it began and where she is now? Yeah, well, my mom is going to be 99 in November. She was born in 1922. I just, it's incredible. Wow. I knew she was in her late 90s, but she's going to be 99. And my mom was the most vivacious, uh, intelligent, creative, busy person. And she was a lifelong learner as well. Uh, She came to Canada after the Second World War from Lithuania. And she met my dad, she got married, had two kids, and they had a nice life uh, in the suburbs of Vancouver. She was a pediatric dentist and she worked for City of Vancouver Health Department and she treated 
uh, mostly low-income uh, children, uh, children from low-income families, and many of them were immigrants themselves. And so my mom found that so rewarding to have a helpful profession um, in, involved with other immigrants. And thus she retired and continued with her busy, busy and happy life. And then my dad died in 2006. And in 2007, my mom said, I'm going to move to Nelson, which is where I live. And that was great. And she had a very busy life here. She dove into the community. Um, and then in about... Um, 2016, she was 93, and she started to get depressed, and she gave up her driver's license, and from then on, she had a gradual deterioration in her cognition, and then when she was 97 in 2019, she was diagnosed with frontal lobe dementia, and last December, she went into an, a local nursing home here. And today her decline continues. She's in a wheelchair. Uh, she needs lots of assistance. She speaks Lithuanian a lot of the time, uh, which is interesting. Uh, she, she can barely finish a sentence as well, but she does recognize me. And, and I visit her often and that's our current situation. 99 my gosh yeah she actually bought a brand new car when she was 91 91 just a, yes yeah and then she sold it when she was 94 but yeah it was pretty funny buying <sighs> a new car when you're 91 you know yeah. when somebody gets to be 99 and you know they've got they're in bad health both physically and mentally you, you could just say well yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Low star. Yeah. Have you been her only caregiver be before she moved into into the facility? Uh, well, for quite some time I was uh, because her losses were so gradual. Um, so so it wasn't difficult for a while. Uh, but my husband and I are both retired and we love traveling. And it got to the point where she said, uh, I feel lost when you're gone. I feel lost without you. And that was frustrating for us because then that made us feel bad about traveling. And she really didn't need a caregiver. Uh, what she needed was a substitute daughter. And um, there are lots of um, care aids advertising, or not lots, but it is an available service, but she really didn't need that. But I did happen to know um, a care aid that had gone into private practice. And it was so lucky. I didn't know how to contact her, but I ran, ran into her in the grocery store. That's one of the benefits of being in a small town. And I said, look, I think my mom's going to need more help over the years. Um, would you be able to, um, you know, join us and, and help with that? And really all my mom needed was someone to take her to the grocery store and take her for a drive and just maybe keep her company sometimes and have someone to rely on um, when we were away and it worked out beautifully and she was with us right until my mom went into the facility and now when I have gone away on little trips she's gone and visited my mom in the facility as well wow that was really yeah. lucky Gosh. it worked out so lucky mm -hmm. so for a long time what she really wanted and needed was a companion right yes yeah 
Because I know okay. the two of you used to do a lot together. I remember you going to exercise classes together. We did. We loved going to exercises. We went on half a dozen trips to the States or other um, communities that were a few few hours away. We'd go on little shopping trips. And really, she was my like my best friend. And she was in her 90s. Uh, yeah, in her late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So, so we had that private caregiver. And then... Um, then she started needing even more help because uh, the caregiver had other other positions as well. And, and so we got home support through the local um, health authority. And that, that was complicated because it would be a different caregiver every time. Like maybe there's 20 of them, but you never knew which one was going to arrive. So it's always my, adapting to new people. No, always new people, didn't know who to expect. And my mom wasn't able at her condo to operate the system to let someone in the front door. Oh, dear. So we had to give the home support agency the code for the front door. And then my mom had bad hearing, so she couldn't hear them knocking at her the door of her suite. So we had to have a lockbox inside the building with a key to her suite. So someone would just appear. She'd be sitting in the living room, and here's this stranger walking in and sometimes there 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 are male caregivers as well so I think that shocked her sometimes. she's thinking who are you yeah and then eventually the caregiver moved in full-time for two months and she slept there um, she had me to spell her off she had um, a, a partner who would spell her off but honestly we had such complicated schedules for a while like I would do this meal and home support would do this meal and the caregiver would do this meal. And, and I had to be constantly referring to know what our schedule was. Oh gosh. So, yeah. I know. I, I found that too. I mean, we had to hire extra support for my mom, even though she was in a retirement community. So even though you're getting help, you still have to organize it all. Still coordinating everything, all yeah. the, all this care, uh, different appointments all the finances, just coordinating her life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. I know that, you know, often when we would be making plans to do FaceTime together, you would be working around the schedule be to do with your mom's care. Was it, was it more time consuming than you imagined it would be? It really was. It got very overwhelming. Um, and then we were, you know, waiting for this bed to come up in long-term care as well. You didn't know how many months it would be. Uh, and even today, she still is a big part of my schedule. Like I'm visiting her this afternoon, for example. Working it in all the time. Yeah. And just managing her affairs. It's very time consuming. I don't think it's uncommon to feel some level of resentment when, you know, the care of your parents need their, their needs just become so demanding on us and then there's a lot of guilt surrounding those feelings do you ever feel that yes yeah and I really always wanted to be honest with myself that yeah sometimes I do feel trapped um there's the saying um he he ain't heavy he's my brother and that's a song from the 60s right? yeah 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 um and, and so you want to carry your family member. You'll do anything for them. But honestly, it does get heavy. It, it does really get does. really heavy. Yeah. yeah. 
I have one sibling, a brother. He lives in Ottawa, um, and he's not too involved. And um, you know, it is a it's three plane rides to get to get to where I live, so it's not that easy to come and help, and it's not that easy to help from a distance. Oh, it's really either. hard. Yeah, but he is kind of a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. And so you consult each other, you know, even like, though he, he's not mm-hmm. there physically, you do you do consult each other around mm-hmm. her care. That's right. And decisions, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I like what you said. I, I had to be honest with myself because I I, I know that feeling exactly. You, you, you know, oh, this is exhausting. And it's certainly, you know, with dementia, I mean, my mom would phone like five times in a row and, mm-hmm. and forget that she had called or, you know, I remember a time she called at midnight I've fallen and I don't know how to get help I don't know how to get up and you know she didn't she'd forgotten how to use her alarm her you know and you know you're in bed trying to get a little and yeah and then you and then you feel badly because you you know think of all the the years that your mom looked after you and yeah Yeah, you want to be there for them just like I want my kids to be there for me too. But my mom never wanted to be a burden and she never wanted to go into a facility. So it's, you know, it's just what she didn't, didn't want. Didn't want. But sometimes I feel physical symptoms or I did in the past. I would get like a, like a constriction around my throat and my neck. And some of that would be a feeling like I was choking up, like I was going to cry. And it also felt like someone was physically, physically had their hands around my neck is just so all-encompassing it's very stressful it is really stressful and we're only human right yeah yeah I want to be there for her but I want to live my own life as well and she would want me to be living my own life of course she would be yeah so it's kind of a fine balance it is a fine balance And I know, as you said, when you were growing up, your mom was a, a dentist and uh, working a lot and not at home when so many of our moms were at home. Uh, didn't you know they didn't work outside the house? So have you seen all this time that you're now spending with her as a as a bit of a gift? You've more than made up for the time that you didn't have with her as a child. Yeah, it was more of a gift when she was well, and we could go and do fun things yeah, together. Yeah. yeah, and she was like a best friend, someone who, who I could say, you know, oh, how does my hair look, or does this outfit make me look fat? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Those questions that the husband never knows what to, what kind of answer to give, right? Right, right. Yeah. Just, what do you think I of this outfit? To... What do you think of this? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> And we enjoyed even having some of the same clothes. It was quite funny. We would like the same top and we would both buy the same top. Um, or she sewed some really cool hats and we both had the same hat. And, and we went to those exercise classes together and we would go out for lunch and we had such a fun time. You did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you have to focus on that. That I mean, that was really fortunate that she decided to leave Vancouver and, and move to be close to you and so yeah you and have... I know we're, we're not going to be having these these visits um, for very long because her condition is going to continue to decline there's getting to be less and less communication so I do appreciate the time I do have with her 
Mm-hmm. And there has just been a COVID outbreak at her facility. It was oh, six no. weeks long from the beginning or from the middle of July. And uh, two residents had COVID. They both died. So oh, sad. Oh, dear. And, and three staff had COVID. So it took six weeks for the facility to get over that. I could only uh, visit mom at her window. But but now the, the visiting is much more open. So I'm going every second day right now. Oh, and often after I see her, I'll go for a walk. Um, it's a different neighborhood of our small city. So it's nice to explore a different area. Of course, COVID has made it, you know, the caring for an aging parent even more complicated. I really bet. So, yes. so difficult. Well, actually, her name had come up for a different facility originally. But um, we ended up turning it down. And that's why the caregiver had to move in with mom. But um, at that facility, you weren't allowed to help them move in. So I wouldn't have even seen her room. You just would drop them at the front door with a suitcase and they'd move in. And there, I think it was just uh, visiting at the window. And that went on for months and months. So we, mm. we, we, didn't, we decided not to go with that because of COVID. And we waited for a bed in, a, in the different facility. Yeah, and we still have to wear a mask when visiting. Of course. As well, yeah. So she doesn't see your face and, oh gosh. Right, right. Unless we're outside and we're more than six feet away, then we can take off the mask. Oh, right, right. As, as we're saying, this whole thing can be really, really draining. Do you do things that kind of mitigate that feeling of being drained and exhausted? Yeah, well, I do try and have boundaries and pace myself for visiting and I go for lots of walks and have lots of girlfriends and lots of hobbies. So that really helps to to balance things off. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. Don't you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To keep having a balanced, balanced life. And, but you know, sometimes I'll just think of her and, and then I wonder what she's doing, how's she feeling. And then I kind of feel guilty like oh I haven't thought of her for a few hours Poor oh mom. dear <laughs> yeah and of course you know rationally that doesn't make sense that it's yeah. okay to think about your own life and your family and it reminds me of when I first took my kids to daycare and then partway through my working day I would think oh no how are they right now what are they doing how are they managing <laughs> I haven't been thinking about them every second yeah oh. <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah and, and we know that that's not reasonable, but it's 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 a human response. It's part of our mothering, parenting response. I know, you know, when I was looking after my mom, I got to a point where I just, I just wanted my mom to be there for me like she used to be. And I didn't want to be a parent to my parent. I was, and I think I did a reasonable job of caring for her. But I just really missed her being my mom. Do you ever feel that way? Definitely. Yeah, I don't get the same responses from her that I used to. I'll be telling her about her great granddaughter, and she's not particularly interested. And I was talking about her other granddaughter the other day, and mom was saying, Oh, who is she? Didn't even know who that was. Or I would. I bring in uh, different projects I've made, knitting and sewing projects, because my mom loved those those hobbies herself, and I'll show them to her, and she's really not interested, and it's it's disappointing. 
And of course, she would have been extremely interested. And certainly that, you know. Extremely, yes. Yeah, yeah. And her great-granddaughter. Yeah, so it's so sad that she can't share share in those events and successes. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, and I think that's another way that we can be honest with ourselves. You know, I'm, I'm going to care for my parent and I'm going to do the best I can, but darn it. I want my mom back. I want my dad back. Yeah. If you were to give tips to anybody that is caring for an aging parent or know that that is coming up what would you say uh yeah i have quite a few tips um great um firstly it's really important to have a power of attorney document or something similar good uh, advice yeah in order to be able to act on their behalf and you have to have something called a power of attorney attorney with an enduring clause, at least in our legal system here, we need to have that. Uh, That enables you to act for them if they become mentally incapacitated. So that's been very important. Um, And often you have to show the original to make certain decisions on their behalf. And we would be lost without that for sure. And I would also say, make sure they get a hearing aid before it's too late. Make sure they learn, learn how to live with that hearing aid. Because my mom tried a hearing aid. She tried it for one week. She, um, she couldn't get used to it. She didn't understand the volume switch. She didn't understand how to change the battery. Uh, it was just too late for her. And apparently it does take the brain several weeks to just adjust to that weird background noise. But now hopefully before we need those barb, they're going to uh, really improve in quality and, and go down in price too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they run in the thousands of dollars and everybody complains about hearing aids. You'd think with all our technology, that would be something that they could improve on. You know, my mom, I mean, she had numerous health problems. As she, she, never, she never did all her life. Not it wasn't until she got into her 80s. But hearing was not one of them. She, she maintained. You're lucky. Yeah, really good hearing. My dad, a different story. He, mm-hmm. he couldn't hear. He was in complete denial. He just thought everybody just didn't speak loud enough. That was, that was the problem. It was everybody else. <laughs> I think with my mom, the dental drill actually contributed to some of her hearing loss. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So what else? What else for tips? What else? Oh, um, just get get the help that you, you can get. Like Meals on Wheels was excellent. Mm. She loved Meals on Wheels. It was convenient. Um, I've never had better meatloaf than I've had with Meals <laughs> on Wheels. And I'm not even a meatloaf fan, but I tasted some. Man, it was so good. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, have boundaries. Uh, don't give up on your own life. Don't um, Good totally tip. give yourself over to them. And uh, be in their reality. Um, don't reality check them all the time. Like the other day, mom said something like, oh, I wish that you and dad and I could go. And then she couldn't really finish her sentence. And I didn't say, oh, but mom, dad died you know, 15 years ago and we can't go anywhere. I just said, oh, yes, that would be so nice to go together like that. Really good tip. Yeah, yep. Don't try to correct them. Meet yeah. them where they're at. Yep. Yeah. Try to hear the emotion in their voice rather than the words in their voice. Yeah. 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 That's like a good sometimes, one. 
sometimes it sounds like she's complaining about something, but I don't really know what she's saying. And I'll just say, oh, darn, that's too bad. Even mm-hmm. though I really don't know what she's talking yeah. about. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Just be be where they're at. Yeah, really good. So life, life goes on for us. And I know it's not over um, because... <laughs> I'll still have to deal with all the executor duties and the will and the funeral home. And just even right now, I feel like I'm drowning in photo albums and framed photos from her life. So yeah, there's yeah. all the things. One thing that when my mom moved here and I went to the bank with her to move all her accounts into a, a bank close by um, and get her set up there, the the person that we were dealing with recommended that she and I have a joint account together and that was really good advice I never would have thought that thought of that yeah that's a good that's a good idea we have that as well that yeah that's that's really helpful yeah then Mm -hmm. then you it's called you know um, benefits or survivorship so you Mm -hmm. have full access to the account when the when the person dies they don't have to go through the the uh you don't have to go through probate. It's it's just really, yeah, it's really helpful. I was I really appreciated knowing that. That was great. Thanks so much. And um, yeah, really, really helpful tip. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. It's a long story. <laughs> it is a long more, story. It's an interesting story. Details, so, yeah. yeah, and everybody's story is a little bit different, but there's lots right. of parallels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, enjoy the rest of your day. You too, Barb. And we'll talk to you soon. We will. Okay. okay bye. Have you ever have you ever had to care for a an aging person? Um, not really. Um, no. Although, like now, like my grandmother's not in best form either. She also has a bit of Alzheimer's, so it's difficult to watch her. Um, in this state because I've always just known her to be my grandma and like she's this strong woman matriarch of our family and um, to see her so differently now like it's heartbreaking you know Mm -hmm. but I mean she'll always be my grandma um, and it's it's inevitable we all will decline and the only truth I know is that everything ends at some point. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, nothing lasts forever and nobody lasts forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's one of those times of life that can be really difficult and stressful. And, mm-hmm. but, you know, like everything else, we get through it. Mm-hmm. And we have to celebrate yeah. the right now instead of wistfully dreaming of the past or being anxious about the future i think exactly yeah yes yeah yeah and so much to celebrate mm-hmm. what's next is written and created by barb demeray it is produced edited and engineered by mella find us on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you subscribe to find out what's next Conversations with Boomers.